What's it like leading the technology function at an organisation not far off from approaching its 300th birthday? Renowned around the world for producing live art on stage, it's also a cultural institution, a broadcast and streaming provider, and with an extensive retail and hospitality footprint. In the latest episode of the DPP podcast, we go inside the Royal Opera House in London, and we find out how exactly is a MAM helping some of the most accomplished classical dance and music artists in the world. Hello and welcome to the DPP podcast. I'm Edward Qualtro, Editorial Director here at the DPP, and I am delighted to introduce to you a discussion with Chief Technology Officer at the Royal Opera House, James Whitebread. James is an experienced media industry executive, so it was a privilege to walk around the building with him before sitting down to discuss recent initiatives and developments at the organisation. Our conversation was conducted in the Linbury foyer, with the building shortly to be open to the public for the day. As such, there is a bit of a hum of internal activity going on you can hear in the background, but we managed to dodge any of those noisier elements of the team sprucing up the building and of the moving of heavy objects on stage and away from it that seems to be constantly taking place at the Covent Garden venue. And I hope you enjoy listening to James discuss some of those digital transformation initiatives at the Royal Opera House in London. Hi, James. Thank you very much for joining the DPP podcast. The hardest questions first. Who are you and where are we? Yeah, so actually today we're at the Royal Opera House. We're just outside the Limbury Auditorium. Um, And so I'm James Whitebread and I'm the CTO at the Royal Opera House. Thank you very much. So it is a crisp morning here in London and we've had a little bit of a walk around the building. Could you just give me a little overview of some of the things we've seen on on our walk? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always a fascinating place to walk around, and I, I, I feel truly privileged to, to work at the Opera House because every day, you know, we, we produce live shows, live events, and so walking around the building, everything's gearing up to, to the night's performance. So we've just um, walked around the, uh, the ballet and opera rehearsal rooms uh, where we're doing some really interesting tech work, and we might touch on that. Um, we're, we've just walked past the Limbury Theatre, we've walked past the main auditorium, We've also walked past some of the front of house spaces where our customers will uh, will, will be in um, in just a few hours. Thank you very much. So yeah, I'll try and prompt you a few other a few other things when we get there. So the Royal Opera House is a a charity, but it's also in some ways because you're a member of the DP in in many ways like a media and entertainment in the media and entertainment uh, sort of sector as well. So could you give me a little bit and uh, you know our audience a bit of a background about your role, the scale of the organisation, the team, and the, their responsibilities, and you know a bit about your background before before joining too. Yeah, that's a, that's a long question then. So, I mean, I think, you know, touching on what did I do before the Opera House, I've always been involved in the media and entertainment sector, so that's predominantly where I, I worked. Uh, and actually, that's what attracted me to, to the Opera House. Um, I worked in, in organisations like BT, where we designed and built media technology. Um, I worked for Technicolor um, across, across various locations where we, again, designed and built media technology for distribution organisations, for studios, um, but generally worked in the media and entertainment space. So coming to the Opera House um, was actually a little bit of a change of sector for me, but so many parallels. In the Opera House, we actually play out to um, 
we play out to cinemas, so we have live streams going out to cinemas, about 300 cinemas around uh, the world in the UK. Um, so we have those kind of simulcast out to, to those cinemas. We also have our own video on demand platform. We launched that in November, so very early days. We launched that in November, um, and I think we're, we're you know, looking forward to making our content more pervasive and getting that reach out to um, the members of the community who wouldn't be able to always come to, to the Opera House. So we've got streams out to cinema, um, we've got the, the video on demand, and absolutely we, you know, we, we record on camera in the auditorium and we're, we're, you know, we're editing packages for, for, for you know, lots of other distributions, Sky Arts and, and many other places. So very much a media organisation as well as a performing arts organisation. And presumably your, te- your responsibilities and your team then uh, also encompasses all of these other business technology. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's what's really fascinating for me is to, to be involved in, in, in every piece of technology around the, the building, um, around the three buildings that we have. I mean, ultimately, we, we work across technology, um, everything from, you know, we have a warehouse down in Aberdare in Wales um, that's full of a million objects that we store and manage and have to move between locations on demand and so we talk about kind of warehouse asset management and tracking systems all the way through to uh, technology that might be around kind of lighting audio for performances so lots of um, lots of areas where we where we touch technology it's not just about office it's not just about kind of delivering applications but it's also not even just about broadcast there are so many facets to the opera house it's it's a truly fascinating place and i think you know when we touched on walking around the the, the rehearsal rooms the opera and ballet rehearsal rooms um, and if i may I'll, I'll touch on that project but we're working on a project there to really help the the opera the royal opera and the royal ballet companies um, to be able to bring content back to revive content so we're actually working to to deploy screens into the rehearsal rooms to deploy live capture cameras into those rooms so that we can record rehearsal sessions and we can play those back live um, inst- instant replay as it were as you'd have in the sports world but also um, streaming that content up into a MAM so that uh, our performers can take that content away and they can watch that content securely back and continue to improve their you know, improve their artistic endeavour as it were so I think we're really pushing the boundaries of, of bringing technology into the performing space in the organisation and I think that's going to make a, a great contribution and it's a project that um, we're just just finishing delivery of. Yes it looks exciting and um I'm sure, I think you mentioned that it's something that those organisations or those practitioners have been asking for for a while. That's where they know that the, that the technology can improve the, like the delivery of art on a stage fundamentally. Yeah, I think absolutely technology can, can play a part. Uh, ultimately, everything that we do, um, you know, we have to be really careful with how we, how we plan, how we spend our, our money. Obviously, we're a, we're a not-for-profit, so, so you know, we, we're very careful. And everything that we do, is is always couched in a business requirement and ultimately one of the things that we do in that space is we revive content and we need to bring that content back as efficiently and as effectively as possible so getting access to that content being able to see how we performed last time how 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 the moves were created last time means that we can shortcut that process and make that as 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 efficient as possible really so everything's always couched in business requirements and in this case we've been able to apply that to to content creation and, and rehearsal I wanted to ask a very, very broad question. I know my previous one was quite wordy as well, which is what, what, how do you see the biggest opportunities and challenges for um, t- 
tech and digital, but actually we had a, a conversation before I hit the record button about the, about the word um, digital. Um, and for an organisation where its, its primary output is known for what takes place live in front of a live audience and on stage. So yeah, what are the, what are the opportunities and, and challenges? I think you know we live in in difficult times, you know, economically and, and socially. You know, where where we you know we've had challenges from COVID, we've had the challenges of inflation, um, and of course we've had challenges from the war. Everybody's been facing the same challenges, and I think that's you know reflected across the opera house in the fact that actually we now recognise you know we need to support the evolution of the organisation. Um, we have challenges that we need to seek solutions for, and that might mean that we need to offer new services. It might mean that we need to transform the way that our customers experience our services. And it might mean that we need to optimize um, the way that we run our business and, and seek productivity gains. So I think what I'm really saying there is that as an organization, we are, um, we are really thinking about um, you know, business transformation, digital transformation, I think are synonymous. I think both of those really effectively mean the same thing. It's, you know, it's about kind of business transformation, often delivered through digital or technology enablement. Uh, and we are no different to other organizations. We want to um, improve. So we've, we've actually instigated a program. Um, we've got great sponsorship across the organization. Um, we've got great buy-in across the organization. We've structured a program really focused in four areas of the business. And that's focused on um, customer experience, which is everything front of house, physical and digital. It's focused on everything back of house, um, the powers that front of house experience, the systems and the tools that power that front of house experience. Then it's focused on um, enterprise applications. So what do we use to run the business on a day-to-day -day basis? And finally, um, the piece that I sponsor, which is the infrastructure, the technology infrastructure, which is all those key tools, you know, let's say physical networks, Wi-Fi networks that actually, of course, we've got public Wi-Fi that we have to deploy across the auditoriums, the retail spaces, the shops, the bars, um, and really putting in new infrastructure for the entire organization to power those other, other three quadrants. Lots going on. It, it sounds like it, and this is a question I, use, I, I enjoyed asking CIOs and CTOs in a previous life and, and previous role. What, what does that represent about the sort of positioning and the way technology is sort of treated and viewed by other parts of the organisation? To give you a bit of thinking time, there was sort of this, this cliche in the mid-2000s that, um, you know, technology was emerging from the, the back office function to being... Um, much more in people's minds and, and executive leadership teams are recognising that. Is that is that something that's, that's happening here as well? A 300-year-old plus, probably, you'll correct me, I'm sure, organisation. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a very, very historic organisation, isn't it? That's obviously a performing arts organisation, so it's not a technology product company. And ultimately, what we do is to put you know, we put great performances on. We, we, you know, bring some great cultural entertainment every day. So everything that we do is is about getting a performance on, uh, on stage every night and making sure that it's it's flawless. So you know, we are focused on 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 the performance. But of course, with that said, and, and what I just said about the uh, business transformation program, I think the business recognises there's opportunity to to improve um, the way that we. Uh, interact with our customers, the services that we offer. Obviously, we've just deployed our video on demand platform in November. Um, and there are lots of areas across the organization where you know, we can recognize this productivity gain. So I think technology has, has moved along in the organization. We, um, we also recognize that our lighting rigs, our sound rigs are all driven by 
servers, they're all driven by laptops, desktops and servers. So everything is now about core IT technology, what would have been considered IT technology, but technology is involved in every facet of the business, whether it's the retail shop, it's a tablet, it's a network it, on the stage, it's, it's servers, it's Wi-Fi networks to control lighting. So technology is an, you know, an enabler in every single part of the business. And I think that's what this organization is absolutely truly recognizing. We want to transform our business and continuously improve, and technology is an enabler for those requirements. Thank you. So can you, um, you've mentioned a few already, but talk more about some of those sort of um, current initiatives and projects and uh, what they're doing, maybe even like who some of the, the partners are you're, you're working with to, to do those, because is it, is it you do, do you do everything in-house here or do you lean on the innovation cycles of some sort of key, key players too? Yeah, no, we do. I, I think you know we're a we're a relatively you know small organisation in comparison to, to to the broadcasters, as it were, in the studio. So, I think we you know we always need to work really closely with our partners, and we we do need to lean into those relationships. So, I think one of the examples that I gave earlier is is the is the kind of the work that we're doing to um, deploy. Uh, you know, video capture into the rehearsal rooms for the opera and ballet companies. And actually, in that particular space, we're working with uh, a really great um, cloud-based uh, media asset management company called Overcast. Um, I think I, I probably first discovered them at a DPP event a couple of years ago, actually. So um, great discovery, great to work with. They're helping us with cloud-based media asset management transformation. So we're moving all of our assets up into the cloud, storage and managing in there. And actually, we're streaming up to 24 concurrent live streams straight into um, the Overcast platform, which actually sits in Amazon. So it's using a, a number of Amazon core services to receive the live stream, record that content, and that allows us to do the instant replay um, for the opera and ballet companies in the rehearsal rooms. It allows us to have that on-demand playback and secure playback. So absolutely on that project, we're working really closely with the not-for-profit team um, at Amazon and working really closely with, with Overcast. So really pleased to have partners, and that's one of the, one of the projects that we're working on and one that I'm I'm really proud of the, the work that we've done with the partners and, and also the work that we've done with the ballet and opera company uh, companies. Um, but, but beyond that, I think you know, lots, of, lots of very traditional um, IT-centric projects. We're absolutely overhauling a lot of our enterprise applications, so that really means that we're looking at our business processes around, around kind of HR, uh, personnel management and finance. So some of the less glamorous projects, but of course those projects can really make a difference to the way that we we operate every day, so they, they bring they bring a lot of organisational benefit. Uh, and I think in the in the media space, you know, we're again no different to lots of organisations. We've got uh, an archive of videotape that goes back um, a very long time to some very old tape formats, and we've got a great legacy there of content that we want to um, we want to digitise, we want to to bring into that media asset management system. We want to surface the content that we can reuse and repurpose across across all of our platforms. So I think lots of projects going ac uh, across the business, really. It'll be interesting to see what you do there. I'm sure there's, I've spoken to people in similar roles, that whether they're the BFI or the Natural History Museum, digitizing at the Natural History Museum, hundreds of millions of uh, um, assets that they have. Well, I call them assets, it's a very strange term, probably. Well, yes, I mean, they, they have, have a real preservation challenge. And I think, you know, one of the places that we walked around earlier on our way uh, to where we are now, um, is we walk past our, our archiving team's offices, uh, and in there, you know, um, they they preserve the history of the Opera House for the last 300 years, and so it's not just about preserving posters as it used to be, or preserving other physical assets. 
we're now making sure that we digitize those assets and that we preserve minutes of meetings, we preserve varying details around events that are going on every day. So we're also not just preserving our video archive, we're also about preserving the history of the Opera House. So that's another strand to an organisation, a new retail shop, live performance, studio, production, it's all, all sorts going on here. So um, this is a, a self-indulgent question maybe for, for from me, but is, is there any recent um, DPP work, engagements or anything along those lines that sort of resonated with challenges and things you're at? you're experiencing at the moment? Yeah, I think, um, you know, thinking about partner management and supplier management is something that we, we really focus on. And I think it's a, a, you know, an opera house initiative generally, but it really resonates when you think of technology and, and the way that we, you know, we need to kind of think and manage our relationships with our partners and the longevity of those relationships. But we're really focused just yesterday, um, you know, I, I attended anti-slavery tra um, training, which was absolutely critical to, to the kinds of purchases that we make in, in technology. Uh, next week I'm attending carbon literacy training and I think it's it's one of the fantastic opportunities at the Opera House but it really resonates with um, some of those discussions at DPP events but also the way that we want to manage um, our relationships with suppliers really. And that can be um, fairly simple with some of the large global vendors that we work with who have great policies, great uh, great procedures in the way that they manage those businesses so they're transparent and they're easy to work with but it can be skills that can be learnt here and, and learned from attending those kinds of events with the DPP that, that can, can lend themselves to, to the way that we work with partners. I mean, that's really interesting to hear because the, the work we did in How to Buy Better was very interesting. Um, we've heard so much from organisations that ESG is important, but in the, in the survey we asked people, it, it always came below some other factors of what they valued in a good, a good partnership. But so many organisations... Um, sort of made quite bold statements they they are going to make it to focus so it's really interesting i mean of course there are lots of things we value in partnerships but i i think that you know we've worked very hard over the years in the way that we in the way that we curate partnerships in the way that we work together but i think those are the those are the pieces that are really new that we bring to those relationships now that we are having to think about more and more but um, yeah I think the the previous DPP sessions are very are very kind of useful in actually understanding what other organizations are doing so that we you know have that chance to collaborate otherwise I think we work in silos and we we think in our own own ways about how we build those relationships and once you start to learn what others are doing it actually offers a great advantage in the way that we can leverage those relationships so and we know it's a symbiotic relationship we we absolutely have worked when I talk about the relationship with Overcast it's a very symbiotic relationship. We're actually working together to deliver a solution that helps both sides of that equation. So I think you know, we, we also recognize the nature of those relationships aren't one way. And also something I've learned is when you get all these parties to share what they think, actually everyone fundamentally, broadly around a similar view, and then it's quite an easy thing to fix if it needs fixing or, or tackle. We all value this and we all want to work like this. Well, actually, why don't we do it? It's just taken a bit of a catalyst or a mechanism to, to get people to express that. Yeah, that's the, I think that's we, the secret we, of what we do. We all need those opportunities <laughs> to collaborate, definitely. Last month, uh, we released our CES 2023 report. This is where Mark Harrison goes to Las Vegas. I'm going to use that to talk about sort of disruptive emerging um, technology innovations that are happening in the consumer space and they're happening in the enterprise space. Are there any in particular that you are 
excited about for the opportunity they could have either on on this organization or it could just be um, from a personal cons consumer perspective of something that will make your life easier or you'd, you'd love to experience and use yeah I mean I, I attended attended the event and really enjoyed it and uh, and, and, and loved loved the opinions and, and, the, and the conversation and, and think thinking about the you know the Opera House and how we how we apply um, use of new technology I think you know, we launched our, our video on demand platform back in November, and, and one of the things that we did there is to build an AI chatbot into the into the self help um, element of, of our customer support, and that's the first time that we've done that, and, and something that we've you know we've been on a journey to learn um, how to make that work really effectively, how to deliver good value, and make sure that it really is responding appropriately to our customer, and, and really really giving the experience that we still need to, to give. So I think, you know, there's there's elements of AI that we can see arriving in, in, in our chatbot. Um, so I think we're going to continue to, to experiment and to grow um, how we use that kind of technology. We have a, an amazing facility here that I, you know, um, I think from the two auditoriums to the, to the, to the kind of the, the retail, the coffee shops and everything else that goes on here, we have a, a huge venue. Um, one of the things that we've done is to start thinking about pre-visualization. So we've um, we've had lidar scans of a lot of the uh, estate here, particularly the auditoriums and other event space. And so we've been able to to have those lidar scans and build 3D digital models um, of our venue. Um, and I think that really uh, lends itself to where where we can see ourselves in 10 years which might be having more immersive experiences, but also it lends itself to where we know we want to be right now, which is we want to be able to use pre-visualization um, to help us with engineering projects. We know that we've got a very large and complicated stage infrastructure, and when we're working on those stage infrastructures, having millimeter accurate um, 3D models um, really allows us to, to plan and make changes and very you know make sure those changes are, are very short order in terms of uh, the time um, but actually we can use those to start creating marketing assets but we can start to think about where we might be using those assets um, for, for the kinds of experiences that I think media companies know are coming but perhaps the time isn't quite right yet that's really as, as I believe I, I heard Mark telling us <laughs> well that's really interesting because yeah, I was yeah it's just about to suck up to my boss temporarily then and say yeah I think one of hit Mark's views in his report was that the enterprise <laughs> space is probably where the innovation takes place first of all like you said a very practical use of you know moving things around and knowing the, the, the space and the scope of things before the immersive experience that gets delivered to a consumer down the line which I think that's our approach we want to use it in the enterprise as you say we want to get value from from that technology use it in use it in workflows that are appropriate in the organization today but those assets will build over time and they'll build towards the kind of immersive experiences that will come one day you mentioned sport earlier which i thought was quite interesting so i wanted to ask are there any other industry sectors that you look to for information advice inspiration perhaps that you think oh, actually you know even though we're you know charity non-profit and we we deliver live experiences uh some of it videoed as well actually this what this group over here doing is really really interesting to what, what we do yeah I mean I think naturally you know performing arts is is one strand and I think obviously I come from the media and entertainment space and and so I, I you know believe every day that there's great synergies between what we do as a non-profit in the performing arts industry 
and the media and entertainment industry, there are there are obviously natural parallels already between between our two two sectors. So we probably parts of our organisation work in in the media and entertainment space, and parts of our organisation are very very much, of course, grounded in performing arts. So beyond that, I mean, I think that um, you know we we definitely look to other industries for for what they're doing in 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 the data space, and I think that's something that I'm I'm always on the lookout for. I you know, attend various events and. And I'm always collaborating with industry peers to understand how we can how we can learn. And I don't think it's necessarily a particular sector, but I think I do like to do like to to to, to engage and learn what other sectors are doing. But I'm not sure it's a particular sector at this time. Okay, and I'm going to flip that question on its head now. And this is another question I like to ask people, which is, what is it, or is there anything that you think this organisation does? particularly well it's like a not a secret source but you know you, you get a live show on stage five days a week probably maybe seven when you're doing uh, uh, multiple so what are the what are some of the things that you think this got a, just a ruthless focus on this and it's brilliant and other organizations could take a leaf out of you know what the armorer or the the seamstress or the whatever else <laughs> and the whole the whole organization is doing well i think you know we talked about transformation business transformation digital transformation and that's a you know core part of what what I'm involved in you know from a from a CTO point of view, um, and you know where we're supporting the organisation. But but if I look across the organisation and I think about this live show that you talked about every night, you know one one of the things that this organisation does really well in its world class performances, it actually does. Um, it delivers potentially a different show um, on different days of the week, and and when you think about it, it's absolutely. Um, it's delivering a project. It's delivering a project to a very tight time scale, and it's delivering a project almost every day, in in a way that most organisations couldn't transform, couldn't deliver that kind of quick turnaround every single day. And when I think about business transformation, the projects that we deliver, and I look at um, the work that we do around the stage to to build sets, to 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 turn around the rehearsals and, and put shows on stage every single day to the standard that the teams do. I, I take it as a great example, and, and it's very inspiring to the work that we then try and do when we're actually running um, business transformation or technology projects. I think it's it's absolutely inspiring, and it is quite remarkable to see, like backstage, that there's the set for Traviata, and then that's moved out of the side, and then something in the next day, and it's all it all happens within a matter of a matter of hours. Yeah, I mean those teams are those teams are absolutely like clockwork. Everybody is. Is an absolute consummate professional, and everybody knows, you know, the place, the time. It's it's just so well planned out. So possibly a final question. I'll see if I can think of one on the fly while doing this. But is there any particular um, challenges you'd like to share with with an audience? So I, I quipped to uh, a group of people at a dinner the other evening that said coming to an event like this and you know speaking to your peers is a hell of a lot cheaper than getting the consultants in to uh, to, to solve a challenge is there anything you'd like to share with with the wisdom of the uh, the DPP membership yeah I mean I think you know li- like everybody else probably members of the DPP you know we we you know moving into a media asset management world but but like everybody um, you know we we also need to start thinking about um, being able to record and edit our content um, in a hybrid working world. So we, we now need to start 
thinking of those challenges of, well, how do we solve the fact that editors need to be able to work from anywhere? They still want to have access to all the video. Um, we know that in the studio world, people are moving studio in the you know, studio in the cloud, um, and they're you know potentially working from from anywhere. You know, we're evolving too, and and we have we have the challenges in our media side of the organisation to to move. Um, to move as the as the climate is changing, really. So we have to we have to start thinking about that. We think of that for multiple aspects. You know, there's sustainability challenges, but there are technological challenges. How do we how do we evolve the way that we work to become more productive and more efficient? Um, so that's a that's a challenge that I think we're working with. I'm sure um, members of the DPP have, have tackled some of that already, um, and some of that probably still still to be solved. I think that was one of the big themes from the leaders' briefing of what people were focusing on as well, actually, about moving to becoming more productive and efficient, which was the, you know, a lot of the investment in the tech stack has been made. Um, maybe this year of all years is the time to consolidate and make the most of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, Ed, you're, you know, you're right. We, we're also doing that. In a lot of our transformation programme, we are, we are focused around making making productivity gain, productivity improvement. So we're focused on getting the best out of our tools and our systems, connecting our systems together, using the data to really drive drive the business really. So I think all of all of those points that were talked about are you know we're we're actively actively engaged in as part of our transformation program. Thank you very much. So I think we've been quite lucky. We've been loitering around. There's been uh, members of staff Getting the all, they're getting the, the building ready because it's going to open up to the public in about an hour's time um, and then there'll be performances on as well and then they'll be paying customers so um, we've managed to dodge uh, cleaning and all sorts of other things and rearranging so thank you and if there's anything that you think I've missed you've got a burning desire to share that's important for people to know about no, no, I don't think so. But I mean, I think Ed, you make the point when you, you're summing up there that you know this is a this is an absolutely fascinating building to be in and to be part of. And I think that um, you know, as a as a member of the team here, when you walk around the building and you start to see people arrive, you really realise that you know when shows go on, um, I talk about business transformation, but actually when a show goes out, you know, we, we're part of a part of an industry that changes people's lives. We're transforming people with an experience every day really and it's it's quite it's quite fascinating really i do have a last question actually because i've spoken to i mentioned the natural history museum earlier i remember speaking to their cio and and her two predecessors and we spoke in the hintzy hall underneath dippy the dinosaur yes yes uh, and i asked them which is your favorite part of the building and they each had a different favorite part of uh, the natural history museum so my question is what is your favorite aspect of this building Gosh, I mean, as as I think we were walking around earlier, I was, um, you know, probably reflecting with you on 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 a number of parts of the building, and I think you know the there's the auditoriums, both of them are absolutely stunning, and, and obviously a home to some some fantastic experiences. I'm, I'm particularly fond, I think, in my time here of of you know thinking about the rehearsal rooms and thinking about the you know it's it the rooms that I've spent more time in in terms of thinking about. How do we how do we meet the business requirements of the of the two companies? And um, I think there are rooms that I'm really reflecting on how how technology can be part of the building and be part of the fabric of, of how we work. So I think there are rooms that I'm I'm starting to have quite an affinity with. Very good answer, James. Thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me. And I know you've got a very full on uh, day and probably a few months. So it's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much. No, thanks for your time. Appreciate it.
Thanks then to James for joining the DPP podcast. It's great to have the Royal Opera House among the DPP membership and having James sharing the unique challenges of running the technology function, a 290-year-old organisation. We hope you enjoyed it too, and we look forward to sharing more conversations with you next month.